tonight on Blitzed, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, except Stats Guy and his 12 rants of Christmas. From whether the Patriots really are cheaters, to Eli Manning being a Hall of Famer, every NFL topic you've ever wished for will be ranted about tonight. So pour yourself a rum and eggnog, and hang on to your Yuletide butts, people. It's time to get blitzed. Happy Holidays, and welcome to the very first Blitzed Football 12 Rants of Christmas. As you can see, my two other dedicated hosts, Rookie and Coach, decided to take the night off. However, in a stunning change of pace, our producer Clippy decided to actually show up. Of course, he's been away so long, he's forgotten to actually produce the show. So bear with us as he relearns his job. But tonight, you're in for a real treat. I've chosen 12 incredible NFL topics to rant about. And because the name of the show is Blitzed, before I rant about each topic, I'm going to slam down a six-inch glass of beer. What do you think about that, Clippy? No, you're not on mic. Shut up. One of the great things about tonight, tonight's episode is that without these other two dopes here... I'm feeling especially Christmassy, and we really don't have to do the host intro either. So having said that, let's get on with the ranting. Clippy, do you remember how to work the machine thingy? Okay, as you can see in this corner over here, I've got 37 minutes to get through the show. That means I've got 37 minutes to get through, what, 12 six-ounce slams of beer as well. Is that my math right there, Clippy? My math is good? Okay. So before we start, I guess I'll start on my first beer. Here we go. Ah. All right, and you can see tonight I've got my Bud Light Tower that I'm working through. Very exciting. Okay, rant number one. Here we go. Clippy, get it up here. This one drives me nuts, Clippy. Josh Allen will never be a great quarterback unless he throws for 300 yards. Heard that one before? I have. Too much. But here's why it's not important. Josh Allen does not need to throw for 300 yards for the Bills to win, and he doesn't need to throw for 300 yards to be considered great. Everybody who thinks like that is just stuck playing Madden football all the time, and they think you have to throw for 500 yards in order for your quarterback to be recognized as any good. Well, here's the thing. Let's look at some quarterbacks that traditionally throw for 300 yards. Let's take a guy that throws for 300 yards all the time. Matthew Stafford. Well, he's thrown 46 games with over 300 yards. Guess what his overall record is as a starting quarterback? 69, 82, and 1. Every time he throws for over 300 yards, he's 26 and 21. Big deal. How about another guy? Habitually throws for over 300 yards. Guy named Kirk Cousins. Heard of this guy? 33 times he's done it. Guess what his career mark is? 44, 42, and 2. And when he throws for over 300 yards, he's 16 and 15. It's not good enough. Oh, 
I know what you're saying now. Let's compare Allen to the other guys he was drafted with. Well, let's do that. Let's look at Baker Mayfield, the number one pick in the draft. He's thrown six. He's had six games where he's thrown for over 300 yards. Well, in those games, he's a whopping four and two. And overall, he's 12 and 15 as a starting quarterback. Sam Darnold, well, he's thrown four 300-yard games. In those games, he's 2-2. Two and two. And overall, his record is 9-15. and 15. Guy like Kyler Murray, he even he's had four. Well, in those games, he's 1-2-1. One, and, one, and overall, as a starting quarterback, he's 4-9-1. You do not need to throw for 300 yards in order to win. And by the way, generally when you throw for throw over 300 yards, you're either an elite, elite quarterback like Drew Brees where that is your primary option. You know your completion percentage is going to be up there. You know you're going to be able to run clock with a guy like that. The Bills don't have that guy at quarterback right now for a couple reasons. One, there's only one Drew Brees. And two, he hasn't been playing in the league for 16 fucking years. Give us a break. Here's where Allen really, really impresses, though. And this is what you should pay attention to. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is 2.0 this year. 18 TDs, 9 interceptions. If you extrapolate that over the course of his career, do you know what you're getting? Andrew Luck. You're getting Philip Rivers. You're getting a stud that doesn't turn the ball over. Plus, unlike those two guys, Josh Allen's throwing in 450 yards rushing a season or 500 yards rushing a season. That's something that those other two guys couldn't do. Lastly, I want you to think about what his on-target percentage is. Because a lot of people say, well, he can't throw for 300 yards because he just makes too many bad throws out there. Bullshit. He doesn't. You want to compare him to other guys that he uh, got drafted with in that fabled first round? Okay. Josh Allen has an on-target completion percentage of 73%. Compare him to Baker Mayfield. Mayfield's at 70%. Sam Darnold taken ahead of him as well 74 percent oh but what about the mvp lamar jackson everyone's saying he's got an on-target percentage it's got to be way higher than allen's no it's 76 percent look opportunity matters in the passing game if you have elite receivers they're going to be able to get you yards after the catch that's generally what you're seeing in the nfl Allen actually puts air underneath his balls. A lot of quarterbacks out there, they dink and dunk their way to 350 yards because the players they throw the ball to can run for 50 yards. We've only got one guy like that in John Brown. Everybody else, they don't have that ability. So calm yourself down with this, gotta throw for 300 yards, because I'm sick of it. Let's move on. All right, I got my beer. Here we go. We're going to slam this buddy down. Okay. I'm so mad. Next up, clip eight. The Bills are 10 and four. We're in the playoffs. I know everybody's going ape shit over that right now. But what you hear over and over again is that we don't have a shot to win the Super Bowl or we aren't going to be taken seriously by the national media unless we go into Foxborough on Sunday and stomp on Tom Brady and the Patriots. By the way, absolutely possible that that can happen the defense is playing lights out right now did you see them shut down the Steelers incredible Tredavious White is a monster back there Hodges is going to be having 
nightmares about this guy for the next couple of seasons. But here's the thing that's really important to understand. The Bills do not have to win on Sunday in order to win the Super Bowl. I know it sounds crazy. It would be great for their confidence. The Bills, in fact, have never beaten Brady in Foxborough. I know people might say, well, no, no, no. They won in 2014, but Brady only played half a game, and that was a nothing game for them to win. Didn't matter. They were 12-4, and 14-2 at the time or something like that. They didn't need that win. So you had Garoppolo who mopped up in the second half, and that's why the Bills won that game. Sure, they won in 2016, but Brissett was the quarterback, so that's not a real win either. In fact, the last time they had an honest-to-goodness win in Foxborough was in 2000 when Flutie was the quarterback. So, why am I saying this? Why, is, why doesn't it matter if they win in Foxborough on Sunday? Because it would be huge. It would signify the arrival of the Bills this season. And it would do it enormously for the confidence of people. Well, simple. The Bills may not even have to go to New England in the playoffs. And it has everything to do with seeding. Ravens are number one. Patriots are number two. If they continue to win out, that doesn't change. And by the way, the Ravens have a two-game lead because of the head-to-head win against them right now. So I don't see that changing. So what's going to happen? The Bills, as the five seed, if everybody continues to win out, they're going to face the Texans on the road. And the Chiefs will play the Steelers in Kansas City. So where's the scenario here where the Bills have to go to New England? The only scenario where that works out is if the Steelers upset the Chiefs and then have to go play the Ravens. That's the only scenario where the Bills would have to go to New England. But I don't see that playing out. The Bills will beat the Texans. You know the Chiefs will take care of business in in Kansas City. There's no way that duck guy is going to beat the Chiefs. So you know the Bills are going to go on the road, and they're going to get a rematch against the Ravens. And they played them so tough in Buffalo. So I am optimistic that great things are going to happen for this team going forward because that defense is nasty. And Josh Allen protects the ball. You can get Singletary. As long as he watches his fumbles, he's going to be awesome. And anything can happen in playoff football, people. Anything can happen in playoff football. Let's move on. All right. Beer number three. Here we go. Patricia needs to go away. In fact, the Detroit Lions as a franchise need to go away. I'm sick of Matt Patricia. It's not the fact that he comes from New England. Well, there's a lot of that. that He comes from New England. Okay. Uh, What a lot of people don't know is that under Matt Patricia, the New England defense was ranked about seventh in the NFL in terms of defense. After he left, Brian Flores stepped in, and the team improved to fifth. Then after Brian Flores left and Belichick took them over, they moved to first. So this doesn't tell me a lot about the faith that we should be having in New England coordinators. And don't get me, Clippy, don't get me started when it comes to New England coordinators going off and becoming head coaches on their own because they suck. In fact, the only 
guy that left the Patriots organization to go coach in the pros that has a winning record today, and it's a barely a winning record, Clippy. Bill O'Brien from the Texans. That's it. Everybody else sucks. Now, here's my problem. You're like, hey, why pick on the Lions? They're, what are they doing to you? <laughs> I'll tell you what they're doing to me. They suck. They've been around for about 85 years. You know how many division titles they've won in 85 years? Eight. That's less than one every decade. The Raiders have sucked ass since they moved back to Oakland, and they've won three in 25 years. That's a better percentage than the Lions. They're terrible. And here's what makes it worse for me. You have what I think is a good quarterback in Matt Stafford. You have, I think, okay? He throws for a lot of yards, breaks my heart in fantasy, but he's not that, you know, he's a, he's a passable quarterback. He thrived under the last coach, Jim Caldwell. Let me throw him up. Jim Caldwell, who's an immensely talented head coach, coached in Detroit for four years, took Detroit to the playoffs twice in that time. Had a 36-28 and 28 record. Was fired after he went 9-7 and seven with the Lions. So they could bring in fat Matt Patricia with the pencil behind his ear so he could go 90-20-1. and one. What an improvement. Good job, guys. Way to roll with the tough times with Jim Caldwell. I think you would beg to have him come back and coach with your franchise, and I would have him back in a heartbeat. Clippy, let's move on. <laughs> Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer, okay? He potentially played his last game ever as a New York Giant. Throwing in a classic Eli performance. Two touchdowns and three interceptions, but they got the win anyway. Of course. That's how Eli does it. The magic. Bringing his career record to 117 and 117. 11th all time in terms of wins for a quarterback. Now, you're saying Eli's won two Super Bowls. I mean, at least he deserves some shot at the Hall of Fame, doesn't he? No! What are you, insane? Here's the thing. With 117 wins, he happens to be the 11th winning, winningest quarterback of all time. But of the top 30 winningest quarterbacks of all time, Eli has the worst winning percentage. You have to go all the way down to Vinny Testaverde to finally find a guy with a worse winning respect, uh, percentage than Eli Manning. Okay, here's what you're saying. How about quarterback rating? He's been around for a long time. He's had some clutch performances, stats guy. Well, he ranks 45th all time at 84.1. Right behind surefire Hall of Famers Andy Dalton, Matt Schaub, and Marcus Mariota. Of course. Okay, okay, don't be so hard on our guy. What about interceptions? He doesn't throw interceptions. He protects the ball, and that's why he wins big games, stats guy. You're right. He's only 12th all-time in terms of interceptions thrown with only 244. How does that compare with, say, somebody else that's played as long as he has, like Ryan Fitzpatrick? 
Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick's only only thrown 160 interceptions, good for 54th all-time. And lastly, why don't we talk about his completion percentage? 60% over the course of a career. Hey, Clippy, that's pretty good. You know what? It's better than your fucking show-up percentage here. Oh, fuck, you're like 28. 60% is good for 43rd all-time, right behind, again, first ballot Hall of Famers, Jay Cutler, Brian Greasy, and Matt Schaub. Eli, you're not going to the Hall of Fame. You're not going to the Hall of Fame! Clippy, let's move on. <sighs> beer number four. Here we go. Where's beer number five? Losing count. The snow game in Kansas City was amazing. Forget the fact that I'm a Broncos fan, and I cried the entire time. But you know what? I love watching players play in the snow. Why can't we get more snow games? Goodell, you run a $15 billion business. You can make it rain. Are you telling me you can't make it snow? We need more snow games because we're going to get more viewers to watch games that we probably don't care about. I barely cared about that Chiefs game because my Broncos were out of it. Here's my plan to make sure we get more snow games out there. You extend the season by two more weeks. Hear me out. This is how it's going to work. By extending the season by a couple more weeks. <sighs> You do not add any more games, which everybody's talking about doing. You do not do that because player safety is a huge concern. And it's a huge concern for us here at Blitzed. Right, Clippy? What do you care? You never show up. You give players two buys over the course of the season when you extend the season by two weeks. And here's the secret sauce to it all. Don't get locked in on stadium revenue. Stadium revenue means nothing. It's all about television revenue. Last year, every NFL franchise split a ton of money for television revenue. In fact, every team got $255 million in television revenue. If you extended the season by two weeks, the NFL could go back to the major networks and charge them more for the season. And two more weeks equals $30 million more in revenue for each franchise. Which, if you loosely translate 50% of that goes to the players, that's another $15 million to add to the salary cap to give to players. Or, God forbid, you could put it into a long-term health insurance plan for everybody out there. And here's the greatest part, Clippy. When you extend the season into February... Greater likelihood of more snow games. Let's move on! Bear number six. <sighs> Fantasy 
football is the worst thing to happen to the NFL ever. I'm a fantasy football player. Clippy, do you play fantasy football? You do, hey? Clippy won the Sacco this year, everybody. I'm the commissioner of our fantasy football league here at Blitzed. Uh, we have 14 teams. I've made the final once in 10 years. My team was eliminated uh, long ago. But the good news is I knew I wasn't in the Sacco, so I could relax. And once my team was eliminated, you know how I felt? Relief. I actually got back to enjoying watching football. I hate watching my team when I have a player on my team that's on my fantasy team. Because guess what happens? My quarterback throw, throws a touchdown, but he doesn't throw it to my guy on my fantasy team. So instead of being elated that we've actually scored against a team like the Chiefs, I'm pissed off because he didn't throw it to the right guy. And here's another thing that really pisses me off. People who win their leagues in fantasy football, you think you're geniuses. You're not. You're fucking idiots. You're just lucky. I've been commissioner of my league for 10 years. I've made the final once. Now, you're, I probably know what you're saying. Look at this guy. He drinks beer and he talks about football. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. You're right. I don't. But I know some names. I know some stats. Sometimes, Clippy. That's why I get the name Stats Guy. But let me tell you about a little experience that I had with our team. In our league, in year one and year two, we had a player that won the championship. And we figured, this guy's got to be some kind of savant. Some analytical genius. This guy has a feel for the game like nobody else has. Well, then he went on a seven-year run of finishing, I don't know, 10th, 11th, 12th. He even competed for the Sacco last year. And this year, he's back in the final. So you tell me, did he just decide to turn off the juice for seven years and suck ass? Or... Is fantasy football nothing more than just a giant goddamn fluke? Oh, I can't hear your responses. All right, it is. It's a giant fucking fluke. Okay, Clippy, we have a record to announce. Record breaker. Every week, we bring you a record that's been broken in the NFL or tied that nobody's really talking about because that's the kind of service that we deliver. And this week, we have two just because these two dopes couldn't make it, I'm still going to talk about records. And this week, I want to throw my love out to Fitzmagic, who as the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, just became the team's leading rusher over the course of the season. That's correct. 14 weeks into the season, <laughs> Fitzmagic has 219 yards rushing. <laughs> this guy i mean he's like your fat uncle that comes over for thanksgiving he is leading the dolphins in rushing yards i love this guy fitz magic if you're listening and i know you're not but please come on the show i'm gonna bring you another record 
And I think this one's actually impressive for a guy that we tend to shit on a whole lot. Jameis Winston, quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a guy that nobody can figure out on this show, became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 450 yards in back-to-back games. Clippy, give me another record-breaker sound effect. Record-breaker. That's huge. That's huge. Now, I don't know if that's going to buy Jameis another year. The guy's leading the NFL in yards. He's also probably leading the NFL in interceptions. I wouldn't be surprised. He's got 24, I think. That's pretty fucking awful, I think. Clippy, is that bad? Pretty bad. It's like Eli Manning numbers. So I think that, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. Okay, Clippy, let's move on. Fuck, let's go. Here we go. Ah, there's beer number seven. Delay of game is inexcusable if you're a professional quarterback. What a joke. I can't stand watching quarterbacks out there take these stupid penalties. Guys, you have a play clock at the end of the end zone that you can stare into. You know how much time you have left. It's not guesswork, okay? How long have you guys been playing quarterback? 12 years? 15 years? You're Tom Brady? 38 years? A long time! Inexcusable. And yet, there's been 106 delay of game penalties this year. Quarterbacks, you stink! Make it work! Now, I know what you're probably thinking. There are some quarterbacks out there that are rookies. They're just getting to know the offense. And therefore, they don't know what's going on, so they take delay of games. True. But one of the most seasoned quarterbacks out there has the most this year. Clippy, you want to guess who it is? Shut up. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you think. You never show up. Aaron Rodgers. Go figure. Nine delay of game penalties this year. Now, Eli Manning, surefire Hall of Famer, only got five a year. But Aaron, nine. Not Hall of Fame worthy. Clippy, let's move on. Beer number eight. Ah, Titans fans. Tighten up is the Dumbest saying for a football team I've ever heard. I'm sorry. It's something that you rally around. It's your cry. It's how you notice each other in malls or as you're wandering from bar to bar in Nashville. I totally get it. But the Cambridge Dictionary defines tighten up as to make something tighter or less easy to move. Now, I think it's fair that that's why you probably have Marcus Mariota on this poster here that says tighten up because he didn't certainly play like the second draft pick out there. Tighten up is awful. Come up with something new. You're in Nashville. My God. How about something like, I don't know, easy does it. 
But Clippy, what do you think? It's a winner? I'll listen to you this time. It's a good one. I like it. I just came up with it. Okay? It's right there. Now, tighten up is probably the worst, but I I gotta be honest. Play like a jet. That's probably worse. I I think I think you deserve what you get, Jets fans. When you play like a jet. Now there's a couple others that are a little weird. The weirdest one I've ever heard is the Colts one. Build the monster. What monster? What are we talking about here? I've never heard that in my life. Doesn't make any sense. But the best ones out there? Bill's Mafia. Circle the wagons. Incredible. Or the Saints of Who Dat? If you haven't been to New Orleans and sat in that stadium when everybody chants, Who Dat? Who Dat? Who, gonna, who Dat think they're going to beat them Saints? I get chills even talking about it, Clippy. That could be the beer. But you know what? I, I get chills. It's incredible. If you ever get an opportunity to go down there, do it. Clippy, we got to move on. Beer number nine. Philip Rivers, I know you have 18 kids, and life's expensive for you. But you stink, and nobody likes you. You gotta go. You have an okay record of 123 and 99 over the course of your career. But your career has been pockmarked by always being with the most talented team and you never win shit what the fuck is going on in clippy san diego because that's what we're really talking about here oh my god that's a lot of beer it's a lot of beer i'm good i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it i'm gonna soldier i'm gonna soldier through unlike these guys that never make it assholes thank you clippy we should give you a mic you're starting to make sense now Phil Riv, it's time for you to hang it up. I'm sick and tired of seeing you surrounded by such talent and you never do shit. You always have one heartbreak game, actually about three or four a season, but when you make it to the playoffs, if you make it to the playoffs, you always break my heart. Somehow. Your playoff record is five and six. You've been to one AFC championship game. Of course, you got stomped by the Patriots. You were 14-2 and two as a franchise in 2006. And of course, you lost in the divisional round to the Patriots at home, Clippy. Following up on that, inexplicably, from 2010 to 2017, Phil Riv, you never had more than nine wins. You were too busy making children to study the playbook. And here's what really fucks me off about you, Phil Riv. Last year, with that kind of talent, everyone thought you were going to go into Foxborough and upset the Patriots, and instead you just shit the bed. Hugely. Like, diarrhea shit the bed. It was awful. Why are you still in the league? Move on. We're over you. San Diego? San Diego? And I'm calling you San Diego because you should go back. 
you know, drafts another quarterback. Let's go. Okay, here's beer number 10. Ah, Tom Brady dyes his hair. This is obvious. Okay? I know what you're saying. He's on the TB12 diet. The kale. The celery. The, the cinnamon. The, the turmeric. Obviously. He's, he's ageless. I mean, why would that guy age? Here's my point. Photos don't lie, people. Clippy, throw this up. At the ring ceremony, I and I got to be honest. If I was at this ring ceremony, that's my personal hell, watching the Patriots get another ring. Look at this guy. He looks like a sweaty burlap bag. He's got so, so many wrinkles in him. You're telling me that you can't have that kind of wrinkling going on in your face and then not have any gray hair whatsoever? Tom Brady, I've gotten four gray hairs just talking about you in this segment. So don't tell me that you don't have any gray hairs in that head of yours. So we get to see an image like this, which is like a creepy guy that you see in the park. And then on game day, Clippy, what do we see? Oh, fresh from the Giselle salon. Oh, we've got our Uggs on now. Oh, oh, we feel good. Feel good about ourselves. We got hair that doesn't match our face. That's Tom Brady now. Don't tell me that this is the face of youth. It's not. He's an old man. He should be a grandfather by now. I think Super Bowl rings maybe like Infinity Stones, okay? Maybe he's like Thanos. Maybe it's like a time stone that he's got. Okay, he's dialing back time. He does not have a, a fuck you stone, okay? I am not falling for this shit. You dye your hair. It looks fabulous, by the way. But I am not falling for this shit. Let's move on! Okay, here we go. Beer number 11. Whew. Ah, the Patriots are cheaters. Okay? Everybody knows this. I know it. Clippy, you know it. Right? It's depressing. Watching the immorality of this organization. And of course... A couple weeks ago, we had to deal with this latest fallout. Jake Laser pulls this video up of this independent Patriots crew that pulls up this footage at a Bengals game. Oh, they're just shooting some B-roll. Of course. Of course. Until they got caught. And of course, the Patriots were quick to issue a press release saying, oh my goodness. We had no idea that this was not allowed. This was for a, uh, a documentary that we're doing called 
do your job. Well, I did a little bit of research. Because that's what I do, Clippy. I'm Stats Guy. Not only do I show up for the shows, but I actually read. Unlike these bozos that never show up. And you too. You never show. You never show. God, the fucking Falcons of this show. You have a couple of good games, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm Dan Quinn. Can I keep my job? No, you can't. You're out. ESPN did a feature four years ago where they talked about the systematic betrayal of the rules by the New England Patriots. They interviewed several former New England coaches and employees. They used to say, during pregame warm-ups, low-level Patriots employees would sneak into the opposing team's locker rooms and try to steal their play sheets that listed the first 20 or scripted plays that they have to start the game. This became so notorious that teams used to leave fake, listen to this, fake, Clippy, fake play sheets in their locker rooms to try to throw them off. It doesn't end there. They would actually send a low-level employee through the team's hotel rooms to go through their garbage to see if they could figure out where they could pull out some kind of play sheets. And at Gillette Stadium, of course, the hallmark of morality... The scrambling or jamming of opponents coach to quarterback radio lines occurred so often that one team asked a league official to sit in the coach's box during the game and wait for it to happen. And sure enough, on a key third down, the headset went out. Weird, right, Clippy? Isn't that weird? It's just weird that that would happen. During games... We're told by the only Patriots person who actually turned and told people the truth about what's going on in this fucking stupid organization. That the Patriots videographers were told to look like media members when they were stealing signals. To tape over their team logos and turn their sweatshirts inside out. To wear credentials that said Patriots TV or, are you ready? Craft Productions. Does that sound familiar? If they were stopped by NFL security or Bengals security, Clippy, they were told to tell them that they were either filming the quarterbacks or the kickers or footage for a team show. Patriots, you fucking cheat. Everyone knows it. Everyone's pissed. And everyone knows that Goodell is in your pocket. We get that. But that's not what this is about. Clippy, this not this is not what this rant is about. You get this? This is what this is about. Every year around the Super Bowl, I just want to watch a good game. Right? You just want to hang out. My team hasn't been in it since Super Bowl 50. But they at least they've won a fucking Super Bowl since, you know, what? Obama was in office? You got the Broncos Super Bowl win you can throw up? Fuck. Clippy, whatever. I got it. I got this.
This is what really pisses me off about the Patriots, is that every time I have to go watch the Super Bowl, because I just want to watch some football, I got to sit in the bar, and I got to deal with this shit. This fucking bimbo asshole idiot that wants to show up to the bar and cheer for her team because she's cute and she wants to celebrate because Tom Brady's her favorite player. By the way, she doesn't know any other player on the team. She doesn't know the coach. She doesn't even know what the NFL is, for fuck's sake. She just found a really cool crop top, and she found a way to get lots of guys to stare at her. And by the way, I'm staring. I'm staring for the first quarter. Because she's cute. By the second quarter, I want to punch her in the throat. You know why? Because she's like, Woo! Woo! Tom Brady! Tom Brady! He's the best ever! He's the best ever! Fuck you, hot girl. I want to punch you in the face. Because you suck. Because you know nothing about football. And you're ruining it for the rest of us out there. That actually know something. Now, all the bros out there that are wearing the TV12 jerseys, I get it. You probably know a little bit about the Patriots. But here's the problem that I've had for the last 20 years. Is that so many bandwagon fans have actually said, I'm such a huge fan of the Patriots. And when you get them to talk a little bit about football, they don't know fucking shit. They don't know anything. I ran into a guy a couple days ago, said he was a huge Patriots fan. Clippy! Huge Patriots fan. I told him I was a Broncos fan. He's like, oh, well, how's it going with Trevor Simeon? A guy that didn't play for the Broncos for the last two years. Huge fan of the Patriots. Fuck you. Let's move on. I'm over time. Right, Clippy? Fuck you. I don't care. We'll get this finished up. I'm on I'm on number twelve. Okay? Beer number 12, down. Clippy? Respect. Play-by-play -play announcers in the NFL cannot play football. Do you understand this? They went to media school. Even the color guys? They used to play in the NFL. They don't anymore. So you can't play in the NFL. Not anymore. And yet, during the Seahawks-Panthers game, Chris Carson found a large gap through the line, went for, for a touchdown run, and what did I have to hear? Kenny Albert telling Rondé Barber, hey, you or I could run through that hole. Kenny, no, you can't. You're an old man. You're a middle-aged man. You're not even a middle-aged man because you're 51. No one lives to 102. You're beyond middle age. You couldn't run through that line. There's no way. You probably would have fumbled. 
stumbled, freaked out. You're full of stadium food. You've been eating stadium food for 30 fucking years. You're telling me you could hit that hole? There's no way. So don't tell me every time you see a huge hole in that line that you could run through it because you cannot. By the way, if I, and by the way, if I was the guy, Clippy, if I was the guy, I would piss myself before I could get through that hole. I couldn't do it. There's no way I could do it. I'd be scared to death. I'd probably drop the ball and pray that nobody touched me. That's how afraid I am because I'm five foot four and I'm scared to death of life. Right, Clippy? Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. This has been the 12 Rants of Christmas. Sure hope you've enjoyed yourself. I sure have. Clippy, you enjoyed yourself? Shut up. No one cares what you think. No one cares what you think. They don't. They don't. Have a great Christmas. We'll be on next week before Christmas. But, yeah, we, well, I doubt it. You won't show up. But we'll be around. But you know what? Let's take this time to reflect. About how amazing things are. You know? And how happy we should be and getting together with our families and how important it is that uh, we can spend this time and enjoy just what is. I think we're done. Yeah. Let's just fucking go. Let's just go. Let's just go. We're done. We're done.